Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, June the 9th, and if it sounds like I'm in an echo chamber, it's because I am. I'm back at St. Anne. Blessings to you on this day, my friends. I wish you every goodness and every joy uh, as you move your way through this Wednesday. Let us continue to move our way through the Sermon on the Mount, right? Uh, And we are going to pick up exactly where we left off yesterday. So if you remember, started on Monday. uh, And on Monday, uh, Jesus saw the crowds. He saw their lived experience. He saw what they were experiencing and, and how hurting they were. And he invited them to himself. And he gave them the Beatitudes. He reminded them that they are blessed right there in the midst of that space. And then yesterday... He reminded them, even in the midst of that space, you carry within you uh, the the, um, icon, in a sense, the face of God. You are are salt and light. Uh, You are the salt of the earth and and the light of the world. And uh, and what that responsibility and what that that invites you and I to. Well, we're going to pick up immediately following that today. Uh, Again, and, and this, what we... What we hear from Jesus today, we're going to hear spin out. I'm guessing for the next, well, certainly tomorrow and Friday is my guess. I haven't looked ahead. But anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 19, we begin talking about the law. So let's uh, hear what God has for us today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today we talk about law, right? That's what Jesus is saying. Saying, I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So I suspect this is coming from a space where Jesus has been accused, probably repeatedly, of um, abolishing, um, not paying attention to, setting aside the law. What would some of those places be? when he heals the sick and, uh, and touches them, because to touch someone uh, who is sick, let's say a leper, let's say uh, the, the person who has dropsy, uh, when he raised the uh, uh, this widow's son, right? Couldn't touch the dead because that made you unclean. If, if you touch somebody who was sick, somebody who was leprous, it made you unclean. The law was not to touch them. Uh, when you healed on the Sabbath, because that was work. That was considered work, and you can't work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of rest. And so, therefore, he was uh, not living within the law. When he ate with sinners, uh, he was not living within the law. 
uh, because one stayed apart from them. So all these ways Jesus is doing it, he would have been viewed by, let's say, the, the I don't know, the ultra-Orthodox of his day, those who, who knew and followed uh, ritualistically those 613 laws that were set up around the Ten Commandments. Remember, we talked about those a week or two ago as well. And so he would have been somebody who was law avoidant, somebody who skirted the law. And so Jesus looks at them and says, listen, do not think I have come to abolish the law or to skirt it or avoid it. I've not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. In fact, uh, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass. But what he's doing is he's inviting us to a different understanding of law, right? That's clearly what's happening. So let's do a little bit of background here. I want to go back to the first reading again from today, uh, and I just want to read a part of it. Um, uh, And and so it's going to be Paul, his second letter to the Corinthians. Now we're going to jump into chapter 3. Just want to read a verse or two. Uh, Okay, blah, blah, blah. Who has indeed qualified us? Okay, our qualification comes from God, meaning us as ministers. Who has indeed qualified us as ministers of a new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter brings death, but the spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone was so glorious that the children of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, we get the imagery I'm looking for here, right in there. So, when he's talking about if the ministry of death was carved in letters on a stone, I mean, my heavens, my friends, they carried the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down the mountain in the Ark of the Covenant and went before them in battle, and it had its own place, at its own tent that it was set up. It was the Holy of Holies, all of this. So, so Paul is, is really, he's writing something radical here. And remember, if the ministry of death, he's calling that, meaning the law, not the Ten Commandments particularly, but the the law itself. Carved in letters on stone was so glorious that the children of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses. Remember when he came down the mountain, having conferred with God, dialogued with God, and the the Ten Commandments were were written on these stone tablets by the finger of God, remember? Uh, Then he brought them down and his face was glowing. So Moses had to wear a veil. Uh, so it didn't, you know, intimidate or, or scare or, or uh, distract the people of God uh, down on the ground, uh, down at the, the base of Mount Zion when he, he came down. Um, and so, but, but the first part, who uh, our qualification comes from God as ministers, as ministers, not from a degree at, uh, at wherever degree, you know, we're going to get that. Our qualification comes from God, who has indeed qualified us as ministers of a new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit, for the letter brings death, but the spirit gives life. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 36. I know you're thinking, Zank, let's go to 36. That's exactly what it's talking about. 
because it really is. And I know I'm, I'm being facetious here, but it's so good. Ezekiel 36, and, and we're going to go into the 20s here where it says this. I will take you, meaning the, the Hebrew people. Uh, the, the, they've already been scattered, so he's going to bring back the remnant. I will take you from among the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you back to your own soil. Okay, that's a hopeful thing for them. Uh, they were in, they're in Babylon. They've been scattered you know, all over. The, the, the ten lost tribes of Israel uh, had, had done that earlier, 150 years earlier. But he's going to bring them back. And then here's the part I want to get to. I will sprinkle clean water over you to make you clean from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you so that you walk in my statutes. That's it. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly what he talked about. And so all of what Jesus is inviting us to here is he's saying, listen, I did not come to abolish the law. I didn't come to abolish any part of the law. I came so that we could look to the heart of the law. And what is the heart of the law? It is love. It is love. And he's coming to engage our hearts. And he's reminding us that spirit of God, remember, we are qualified. That's what Paul says. We are qualified as ministers of God by God, by the fact that the spirit resides in our hearts. We don't need other people to tell us what that love looks like. Now, that doesn't mean anarchy and you go out and, and you love as you see fit. Or That's why we have the scriptures. That's why we have the church. That's why we have all these things. But none of that uh, overrides how the Spirit works within you and me. That is part of how we discern. We do not put our heart aside and our head aside and say, tell me what to do, you outside force whoever that outside force and whatever that outside force is. To do that is to, uh, is to give up our very uh, will and to give up our very uh, act of, of uh, engaging within it. Um, that, that's not how we're called to, 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 to uh, uh, form our, our conscience, to form our, our spirit, to form how God is moving and working within us. Uh, we've been qualified by our baptism, by the Spirit of God, in, to engage in this conversation. Let's use an example from the scriptures. Peter, uh, you know, when he is talking to, to Jesus, says, hey, uh, Lord, how often must I forgive? Seven times, right? You know, again, he's being magnanimous. We've talked about that before. Uh, must I forgive seven times? And Jesus, effectively, Peter's saying, when am, I, when am I outside the obligation to love? When am I outside of that? And Jesus says, you're never outside of it. 70 times, seven times, or 77, whatever it is, okay? Uh, when the, hmm, I don't ever remember if it's a lawyer or a scribe or a Pharisee, uh, when Jesus is talking about love of neighbor, you know, and, and he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives the, the in Luke, the parable of the uh, Good Samaritan, right? 
the priest and the Levite who walk by this man who has been severely beaten within an inch of his life, and when they see him and go to the other side of the road and continue to walk, they are walking and living within the law. They are walking within the law. Make no bones about it. Because to touch that person would be to make them unclean. And so by the, the letter of the law, they are correct in avoiding that. And then the Samaritan, again, the hated enemy of the Jews, comes along and takes him in to care for him, touches him, puts him on his donkey, pays for the the care, says, hey, when I come back, if it costs more, don't worry, I'll I'll pick that up too. And he asks the, the scribe, the lawyer, at the end, he says, who is the neighbor? You know, the one who, who cared for him. Go and do likewise. He's saying, take the law out of our heads that 613, that we can figure out what to do and what not to do and not engage our heart. And he's saying, engage your heart because that's where the law is. That's where the spirit resides. It has been written on your flesh, not on these, these remember the stone. That's what he's saying. I want to take those stony hearts. And, and, and that's to point us to the commandments that not just written outside of us, they are written within us and is within our heart. Reminds me of a song, uh, and it's a song by Derek Webb uh, called uh, "I Want a New Law," and uh, and it, it, it off of his album "Mockingbird" came out about 15 years ago. Marvelous album, marvelous song. But here's effectively what he says, uh, and I'll, I'll read some of it. I won't read all the lyrics, but it says this: "Don't teach me about politics and government. Just tell me who to vote for." Don't teach me about truth and beauty. Just label my music. Don't teach me how to live like a free man. Just give me a new law. I don't want to know if the answers aren't easy. So bring it down from the mountain to me. I want a new law. Just give me that new law. Don't teach me about moderation and liberty. I prefer a shot of grape juice. Don't teach me about loving my enemies. Don't teach me how to listen to the Spirit. Just give me a new law. Isn't that incredible? And, and lest we think, ah, Webb is, is off base here. I don't think that's, that's who we are. I think that is part of the human experience. doesn't encapsulate all of it. may not encapsulate where you and I are today, but it certainly encapsulates us, doesn't it? Just tell me who to vote for. Just tell me what to do so I don't engage. I think people, when we talk about the spirit versus the letter of the law, and my wife mocks me all the time because I'm such a spirit of the law guy, and, uh, and, and she laughs at me and makes fun of me for it. But we think of, oh, you know, let's, let's get away from the letter of the law and go to the spirit of the law, that it's freeing in a sense that it's, it's in a sense, ah, just do what you want and, and whatever. And, and I think that's entirely wrong. I think that's entirely wrong. Because I think if we live simply by the letter of the law, it's outside of us. And then it's just merely checking, you know, boxes. But when we are invited, you and I, and this clearly, make no bones, that's what Jesus is doing here. He's inviting us to live by the spirit of the law. 
That's the law that undergirds all these other laws. And that's why he can sit with the sinners or he can touch the sick or heal on the Sabbath because the the spirit of the law is love. And that's what he's inviting us to. And when we live by the spirit, every instance of every moment becomes a discernible action and moment for you and I to say, how do we love? It means we can never be beyond it. Even when we were just sitting at our desk writing an email, you know, there's no law I'm breaking here because there's no law, you know, about this. No, how do we engage that moment in love? When we're on the phone, when we're texting or snapping or on Insta or, or when we are engaging a, a somebody uh, whom we may not even care for very much. And there's no law because I'm not going to strike them with my fist or, or you know, whatever. Okay, what does the spirit of the law invite me to in that moment? Remember, I've said this a number of times before. Where does the law point? What undergirds it? That's what Jesus is inviting us to today. He's not inviting it to be exterior, external, written on, on blocks of stone. Uh, just, just you tell me. You interpret the law for me. You tell me what to do. Good, I'm good to go. No. Our God has written it in our hearts. Ezekiel told us that. I'm going to take from you your hearts of stone, your stony hearts. And I'm going to replace it with a fleshy heart. And I'm going to write my law upon that heart. And what qualifies us for that? God does. God qualifies us. Brothers and sisters, it's wonderful and scary, (laughs) isn't it? I mean, of course we have to engage Scripture in helping form what that understanding is. That's how the Spirit, one of the prime ways that the Spirit helps form and write those things on our heart. Of course, we have to engage the church. We are a part of it. You know, it helped form who we are, and it's wonderful. But we cannot give up our will, our authority, our power to others, whoever those others are. Because those others aren't going to be with us before the kingdom, before our God, on the final day when, when we are judged. It'll be us in our heart and we must discern as best we can what is this action of love that I am called to today and how as best I know can I bring that love to whatever situation uh, we are encountering because that's what we'll have to face God with Uh, and that's how we underscore uh, the law and don't abolish it but fulfill it day in and day out. Let's pray. Uh, And again, uh, how appropriate today uh, for our our mystery today. Let's just trust our God with whatever's going on within our hearts, my friends, okay? And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The third joyful mystery, the incarnation. God is born within our world, within our hearts. Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Blessings to you, my friends. I look forward to us being back together again tomorrow. God's peace.